1: on episode 65 of the Green Street Hammers podcast. Myself, Adam, Henry, Aaron, and Justin sit down to answer burning questions about West Ham ahead of the restart. We also, of course, end the episode as usual, answering Hammers Bull's questions. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. Welcome to the Green Street Hammers podcast, everybody. This is episode 65 uh, with myself, Adam all the way over in toronto here uh and with me is henry henry how are you doing sir
2: i'm good just sort of getting by i think i'm well i'm currently in brighton so they're sort of talking about reintroducing lockdown locally here because everyone's going to the beach and <laughs> drinking far too much alcohol and having far too many barbecues despite there being a global pandemic but still surviving okay well that's
1: good for you i guess specifically that you're doing all right but hopefully you don't get locked down any uh any more than you already are uh justin how are you doing out in chicago there
3: uh yeah hey guys doing all right um yeah just uh living the quarantine life still chicago started to reopen a little bit um entering a, a i think they called it phase three um but still not not the same and uh people are doing all right. uh, Obviously, there's a lot of uh, unrest in the city going on right now. Um, So hopefully, everyone's staying safe out there and and, uh, not getting into too much danger.
1: Yeah, exactly. Lots of of, uh, intense situations going on uh, in the world right now. Aaron, how are you doing up in Ottawa, my and your nation's capital? I'm um, doing pretty well.
4: I have no real, uh, no real complaints. Just living that quarantine life as well. You know, getting excited for to go on walks and planning what I'm going to have for dinner days in advance. But that's that's about it, really.
1: Yeah, say, same for me. Trying to get out for some walks, trying to get in some home workouts, trying to uh, sneak my way through this June, or at least halfway or two-thirds of the way through, until we get some West Ham football back. But uh, it is confirmed that the Premier League is returning, and with it, West Ham will be back in their relegation battle. Uh, I want to open this up to you guys here just on your, your immediate outset and thoughts on West Ham returning. Uh, Henry, I'll, I'll go to you first here. What do you think about West Ham returning? and Do you feel that they are set for this relegation battle to cruise out of it, or are they in more danger than we may think?
2: Um, I think we're quite set with the players that have come back from injury, um, such as, like, Yarmolenko, Jack Wilshere, Ryan Fredericks. Like, they could all be key players in and around the first team. And... Even if they're not starting, they'll be helping push the players who are starting. So, should build a quite a competitive squad in order, in for for the places in the starting eleven. So, I think David Moyes could have a very good headache coming his way because I think for the first time in a long time we'll actually have a relatively fully fit squad, bar maybe a couple people with a couple little niggles here and there. But so I think out of all of the bottom six we could be set quite well. I mean, Watford, they could be missing Troy Deeney, who doesn't want to go back. Um, Villa, Tyrone Mings is still questionable about whether he wants to go back, and they're big players for those two clubs. So in terms of the squad, I think we could look by far the strongest in the bottom six who are in that relegation fight. So I think we should, we should be able to sort of push away and make our way to safety.
1: Aaron, are you as confident as Henry is about West Ham kind of pushing up and, and superseding the relegation battle? Yeah,
4: I'd, I'd have to agree with Henry there. I, I know as crazy as it sounds, the, the last three matches before the break, we lost two and won one of them, but I really felt like the squad was starting to build some momentum. We were starting to see kind of that high-energy, pressing football that we all kind of want to watch. I think at Anfield, you know, I could have got a result there, should have got a result at Arsenal. So I feel good in that sense. But I mean, I think we can all agree that supporting West Ham, you never truly know what you're gonna get. So I'm I'm usually the eternal optimist through the week with a, a bundle of nerves as well. And I guess that's kind of how how I'm feeling about this relegation battle. I, I feel confident. I think things should go well, but until we actually see the uh, the product on the field, it's really uh, really hard to say.
1: And Justin, you were the strongest uh, the strongest opinion against West Ham and the Premier League returning. What are your thoughts on West Ham's status going into that and uh, have you changed at all in your in your belief that that football's returning a little bit too soon in England?
3: Um, to answer the second part yeah I mean I, I stick by I, I think that they're gonna that they're still putting player. Player health, both either from getting infected with the virus or just um, physical injury, so they're putting player health at risk. Um, so I stick by that, but it's returning, so may as well get used to it. In terms of, in terms of West Ham's status, you know, as the guys alluded to, um, the club had been playing, playing well, uh, and the the pandemic sort of hit at a poor time. I mean, I guess there's never really a good time, but um, you know, like, you know, as the guys mentioned, West Ham were playing well. Um, but I think that the players can look back to that time in March um, and have that time and still some confidence into their play when they begin here in a couple weeks. But the, the thing to remember is that everyone, all the clubs, are on a, an even playing level. Of course, there's different talent levels, but everyone has gone through this uh, weird time. Everyone is sort of starting from scratch. Um, and while West Ham are not as talented as the top six teams, I think the nature of, of the season resuming will allow will allow West Ham's talent to shine through, as Henry mentioned. So I agree with the guys. I think West Ham, I have confidence that West Ham will, will survive um, fairly comfortably. You know, I don't think it's going to go down to the last match, but I do think that we'll survive, and, and I'm confident in the club.
1: Yeah, I hate to be another joiner on here with with the positivity and and agreement here, but I agree with the sentiment that I think the skill is there for West Ham to to sort of get themselves out of the issue. Um, The problem I have is is whether we see that form that they had prior to uh, the season ending pick up again and whether or not the team can stay healthy, everyone stays happy and cohesive, and Moyes finds a system that works best. Uh, He had had really flip-flopped on formations but found some success with a 4-4-2, Realistically, there's going to be some changes that have to come to that. Primarily Antonio is probably best suited to come off the bench in the final 30 minutes of the game to just run the defense ragged. But you need to find a spot for Felipe Anderson, Pablo Fornells, Suchek. People would arguably say Noble, especially in a relegation scrap. Jared Bowen, Mikel Antonio. There's a lot of attacking players here uh, that, that really do... Um, need to have a spot and a 442 doesn't necessarily fit with that so we'll see what he does with that I am I'm, I'm positive in the sense that I think Moyes and Nevins Nevins I believe and Nolan can all come together on a formation and a system that works but we'll see uh, I guess we'll see. And, and I'm the same way. I'm very excited for football to return. But then then again, I start thinking about like, oh, West Ham has this match and this match. And then I get nervous and I kind of feel what you were saying, Aaron, a little bit of uh, the, the sweaty palms because I'm like, oh man, I just, I can't trust my, my feelings here. of excitement to overweigh the reality of West Ham playing football. But hopefully the, the skill takes over there and there's also a little bit more relaxed attitude on the pitch. Um, something that came up this week, uh, since our last episode anyways, was... The question of, will Felipe Anderson really thrive without the fan pressure on him? I kind of brush this under the rug because a lot of times when when supporters are talking about the atmosphere being next level, I mean, I've been to one one match and the atmosphere was something I've never experienced at any sporting event in my life and I've been to plenty. Um, That being said, do I think that Felipe Anderson lives and dies with it in his career as a specific example? I don't know. I would be one to say if you don't play him as a second left back he's going to you know, be more offensively uh, inclined to, to score and create goals. That's my opinion. That's what Pellegrini was really doing. Um, but I digress. I want to get your guys' opinion on this here. We'll start with you, Aaron. Do you think the crowd's going to have a, an impact on the actual players, uh, or do you think it's going to be more of the same for West Ham?
4: Yeah, I think for for certain players, it'll definitely have a, a big impact. Felipe Anderson seems to be a guy who... I mean, even when he was at Lazio, I remember reading when we were linked with him that he was a guy who really kind of blew hot and cold. He was cons- very, very inconsistent. Um, and I think the atmosphere for a guy like him at the London Stadium, you know, when he fails to take somebody on, he can hear the jeers from the crowd or when he loses the ball, he can hear that. It that, that really kind of plays on his, uh, his mentality. So I think for a guy like him, maybe being just kind of almost on like a training pitch, it'll be a good thing. But then for... Guys like, you know, the Mark Nobles or the Declan Rice, I think on that, in that instance, they they really thrive off the crowd and and they enjoy that and relish that kind of experience. So it's going to, I think Henry kind of touched on it last week, it's going to be different for every different type of player. Uh, I think for the goalkeepers, for Fabiancy obviously in the defense, it'll be really massive because they'll be able to communicate so well. But yeah, it's uh, I, I think it's really going to affect different players differently.
1: Just, do you have any different opinions there? Do you think it's going to be a, a sort of a unified approach to to affecting the team, or will it be individual or not at all?
3: Yeah, I think Aaron makes a good point. Um, I think it'll affect players uh, a bit differently, um, especially at first. You know, especially when the teams are warming up and those first few matches that they play. However, I mean, speaking from my own athletic experience, I just think that once, especially after a few matches are played in this manner without fans. I think really the the players are are going to be so focused on the actual match once they really start getting into it after that first handful of minutes, five ten minutes, that I, I really don't I, I really don't think that especially the the starting eleven it's going to affect them that much. Um, you know maybe maybe the substitutes will have to mentally get themselves going a little bit more because they won't have the fans to 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 feed off the energy off of, but. Um, I really think a vast majority of the athletes are going to be unaffected again, especially after um, after a few matches are played in this manner.
1: And Henry, do you have anything else to sort of chip into to the conversation here? Are you uh, are you for or against atmosphere affecting the game?
2: Um, I sort of I think Aaron said, sort of touched on it last week. Um, <clears throat> I think it will affect players differently, and I think English players or like players who played in England for a long time. They could be sort of maybe negatively affected because it's so ingrained with the culture of football in England. But like, I think players like Philippe Hansen Been to I've been to the Stadio Olimpico Olymp- in Rome, and the stadium was only two thirds full for a Rome derby. And like, it's a, it's not as full or like as intense in some countries. Obviously, and in some other countries, it is very intense, like Germany. So, it all sort of differ between player to player. So. I think it's it's a positive and a negative depending on the player. I think like we've all sort of agreed on this.
1: Yeah, the only thing I would I would add to that, Henry, and I think you, you know you guys have all made pretty pretty persuasive arguments. Even though I, I would probably be more with Justin here, uh, in the sense that I think there will be an effect, but it'll be minimal, if anything. Um, I mean, the biggest effect we've seen it have on Bundesliga games, which, as Henry, you rightfully brought up, are very intense with fan interaction and. and fan atmosphere, uh, is their celebrations and post-game uh, jokes that they make, cheering to the crowd and whatnot and thanking everyone for being there, uh, which doesn't seem to get old for me anyways. I really I laugh at that every single time. But uh, as far as West Ham players go, I'd be interested because a lot of the players – I mean, who knows if it's a script that they're being force-fed, but when they sign, they say, oh, you know, that's a historic club, huge fan base, uh, the stadium's massive. When I went there the first time, I was in awe. So you never know if, if these players are looking for that limelight. And, you know, we've heard of specifically Grady Diangana being one of the players that really needs his, not his ego boosted, but he really needs that positive reinforcement to, to continue moving forward, especially at such a young age. West Ham have a pretty young core uh, of stars that are, uh, lining the attacking side of play. I wonder if they're going to be a little bit disappointed when they score and it's not to, you know, 59,000 fans in the stands. Instead, it's to, you know, 10 guys on the pitch. So you never know what, what could actually mentally be, be going on there for the players individually. Uh, now, before we jump into any hammers, polls questions, which is what we're primarily going to be doing in this episode, hammering out, no pun intended, uh, some hammers, pulls questions. There's a question that I uh, want to ask in connection to that with all three of you guys here. Uh, just as we're recording this, a, a YouTube video went live for Hammers Polls. Uh Check him out on YouTube at Hammers Polls. Uh, the question is, is there still a place in the team for Arthur Mazuaku? And you can answer that one as well. But my uh, my main question to you guys is, who would be missed more in the starting 11? Aaron Cresswell or Angela Wagbana? And I want to spell it out just to be as clear as possible because I think we can all agree Angela Wagbana has been far better player this season for West Ham. However, the drop-off from... Ogbana to Balbuena is probably a lot less than Aaron Cresswell to Mazuaku, primarily because Mazuaku is not a defender. Um, I know he's played there for the majority of his career. He can't do it. So I wonder, I think losing Ogbonna up front, this is my opinion, I'll, I'll step in first. My opinion is losing Ogbonna up front would be much more of a skill drop-off. But if you look at it positionally, I would rather lose Agbana and get Balbuena in than lose Cresswell and get Mazuaku in. But I want to see your guys' opinions here. Justin, I'll open it up to you first. What do you think? Who, who would you rather lose if you had to? And by the way, these players were picked because both of them were uh, away from training originally, but both are now back in training, although Ogbana is still not fully healed. So I, I want your opinion on this.
3: Yeah, I would I would agree with you. Um, I mean, Ogbana for me trying to think I, I think a bona for me is the is the hammer of the year uh, if the season were to end today um so it, it, it's hard to say I would rather losing boner um s- you know for that reason but I mean like you said I just have zero confidence when Arthur Masawaka is, is playing left back uh, I, he's just he's just not a he's not a left back or he's not a very good one at the very <laughs> least um so so yeah, I mean, s- simply put, I'd agree with you. But um, both players would be would be massive losses.
1: Agreed, and because they've been sort of stalwarts there, and also are part of the, albeit aging, but the West Ham core that's been here for the ups and the downs, the move through stadiums and, and all of that. So I, I agree. I agree. I would rather have, Aubameyang out, even though he's been the better player just situationally. Aaron, what do you think? There, who are you picking of the of the two? Yeah, I agree
4: with uh, with what Justin said there in terms of Ogbana being the hammer of the year so far. He's been incredibly consistent. Um, but I do have to say that losing him and having Balbuena step in, we've we've seen Balbuena and Diop play pretty well together at points last season. They were the preferred uh, two choices at centre-back. And yeah, Arthur Masuak. If Cresswell was to come out of the lineup and Masuak had to come in, he just he can't really be trusted whatsoever at this point. And if you're in a, a relegation battle, you have even one player on the pitch that you you can't trust. That kind of undoes the the hard work of everybody else. I think the last time we we saw him make an appearance for West Ham, if I'm not incorrect, was we were up three one against uh, against Brighton, and his first touch of the game smacked the ball right into the middle of the pitch. Suddenly it was three uh, two, and I think he gave his man a little bit too much room on the goal that brought it even so if i if i recall correctly so i mean that's that's kind of my memories of his the last time i saw him play so i just i feel that drop off would be way way too big
1: interesting interesting okay and uh, henry i want to get your opinion on, on the same thing here who do you who do you have as a, a you know lesser of two evils to drop from the team
2: um i'm gonna be really boring and probably agree with everything Woo. everyone said <laughs> Um, simply for the reasons of the drop-off from bonnet to Balbuena is not too bad. And I said a lot of praise to Balbuena last week, so I feel a bit hypocritical if I went back <laughs> to my words. Um, and I, I was literally drawing up where everyone else was making an argument, like a way of maybe arguing the other way, and it would be having Balbuena come into the side if Cresswell was the one dropping, and having that back five and then Masuaku being in sort of his better position of left wing back, but even drawing it out, I couldn't really find a way of arguing it over a back four, which has always been my preferred system. So yeah, it would have to be sadly a would be dropping out, even though he's a far better player than Cresswell has been this year defensively.
1: Yeah. I think the only palatable solution possibly, and we've, we've struggled doing this is, dropping Cresswell for injury, bringing in Balbuena for him, going a back three, and then just having on the left side Felipe Anderson up top, Sebastian Allaire, uh Mikel Antonio on the right side, Bowen. You just throw everything up top and hope you win a game 6-5 or something like that, which may not be the end of the world to be honest with you guys. Um, what we are going to do, we're going to take a quick little stop break here, and when we come back we're going to talk about some Hammers Polls questions. We are back and we're ready to chat with some hammers polls questions here as mentioned the first one was uh, the first one was picked out uh, for hammers polls regarding their video today Um, also if you haven't already voted footballcontentawards.com is doing a uh, doing their yearly votes on the best profiles online for football coverage from the fans as well as professional companies and hammers polls has been nominated so go check them out best in social is their nomination there so go give them a vote if you haven't already uh okay so we'll skip mazuaku Um, we're all pretty much joint on him probably not being in this team moving forward uh this one comes comes uh from a a poll today 405 votes already on it which is doing extremely well and i want to add another fold to it after we all vote on it so the question is should Moyes give albi and the jetty a chance in the first team this is either as a sub or starting in in a partnership Answers are simple. Yes and no. Henry will go to you first here. Do you think a Jetty should be given a chance?
2: Um, I've seen him play a couple of times when Pellegrini was in charge of maybe once under on Moyes and only at the five minutes at the end of the game when we're chasing, because we're losing because we've been rubbish all game because Haller's been up top by himself and crying out for a second striker, which has sat on the bench. Um, <laughs> I do think he should be given a chance. I mean, we spent eight million quid on the guy who's, I think, 22 or so. Like, he's got plenty to prove. He was playing Champions League football regularly for Basel and doing well and scoring in it. Like, he's got plenty of pedigree. He starts, well, plays internationally for Switzerland. There's no reason why, with a bit of confidence and a bit of game time, it could work for him. I mean, the games where he's come on, the other team's been sat back and he's trying to, He's a striker that runs in behind like Jamie Vardy. When Vardy didn't doesn't work, it's because the team sat back and there's no space for him to run in, too. So, I do think he should be given a go um, to sort of make his mark before we decide to either sell him or loan him to Brentford or wherever it is. Um, Although the other way of arguing it is probably who do you drop out and that becomes a tricky situation because you'd probably say drop out Bowen, which I would very much disagree with. But I definitely think he should probably get more time off the bench than he has been getting, getting previously.
1: Yeah, I agree. And also this is a problem that persisted through Pellegrini, the guy who wanted to buy him. And into David Moyes, so there needs to be some sort of lifeline given to him here, especially when we're we're short on strikers, as you mentioned, Aaron. What are your thoughts on the Jetty? Uh, have you seen enough from him? Have you not seen enough, or is it doesn't really matter to you because you don't think he's got what it takes to to play for West Ham?
4: I think he should be uh, should be
1: given a chance. Really,
4: like Henry said, we spend eight million pounds on him, and we haven't really seen him at any point other than late in games when we're already pretty. Pretty hopeless a lot. A lot of the times he's come on. We've been down by a couple goals or we're chasing the game. Um, He seems to put himself about when he's out on the pitch. I, I just wonder. It's two managers now that haven't really given him much of a chance. It just makes me kind of wonder what he's showing them in training, week in, week out. That or what they know that we don't know. But when he's when he's on the pitch, he seems to put an effort in and put in a shift. And that's that's all we can really ask for. And we're quite quite barren at striker right now, unless you throw like late in the match, you throw are up there, Antonio. So I mean, you may as well play the play the player who's a natural striker at that position and give him an opportunity.
1: And Justin, anything else to add to this? Uh, I, I'd be curious to see if you're contrarian to, to the general consensus here.
3: No, I'm going to keep along with the pattern of the episode and agree with the guys again. <laughs> That's um, the pattern of the podcast, yeah. not
1: the episode. That's everything we do, apparently.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm going to have to do that again. I we I, I mean, listen, he has gotten a couple chances. Um, I think he's made some substitute appearances in the league, played in the, the League Cup, and... Um, he hasn't really shown us anything, um, but I think you may have said said this on the other side of the break, Adam. Um, a 4-4-2 formation is something that Moyes was playing around with, and I think the best formation to play, especially if you have Hilaire in the game. So, I, I personally would like to see Hilaire and Antonio up top, um, but we all know Antonio's injury history, and then on top of that we have a very condensed fixture list coming up. So, um, you know, I'd love to maybe throw in a a, a Jetty in there, uh, maybe even starting a game or two here, here or there, giving him a shot. Um, obviously putting him on a very thin leash, but I, I still think that he's not – we're not currently in the position to just say, you know what, we're not going to play him. He's not good enough. Um, as Aaron said, very barren in the striker department. Um, so, yeah, I think he will get a shot, and he's just going to have to make the most of it.
1: Yeah, to, to round this out, um, we're a team that's in a relegation battle uh, in the Premier League. So regardless of if we think we're good enough or not, uh, if someone can score goals, we should probably be using them to their, you know, to their advantage and to our advantage. And even still, with a four-four-two, it's flexible to move in a game. If West Ham get a lead and want to want to defend it, and they've started Alaire and a Jetty together, why not go? you know, make a double substitution of Mikel Antonio on for Hilaire, Mark Noble on for a Jetty, switch back into almost a 4-5-1 a at that point or even a 4-3-3 four, 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 three, three, if you want to call it that and sort of have the team slow down and com- compress back but give, give it a good go for 60 minutes or 70 minutes of actual game time. Uh, I would love to see what a Jetty has but I also think we're completely missing a trick with Yarmolenko up top. Um, we saw how fast he can run when he sees the sight of goal, and uh, his uh, in his double scoring match against Everton, I think it was. Uh, he was an absolute. He he lost uh, Dinier down the middle of the pitch, uh, the 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 Everton left back. So he was he was unbelievable in that match, and he can do that. I think he could be deadly as a substitute or even as a starting striker if you give him the chance. It's good enough for Ukraine. It's good enough for me as far as I'm concerned, but. I digress. But again, yeah, a Jetty, he, he's in the team. He should be looked at. And until um, the summer comes around, you might as well either boost the stock or know what you have in him. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you guys on that one as well. Um, okay. Uh, I want to I sort of chime in here. Uh, according uh, to, to – sorry, chime in on what will be my favorite topic that we address in this episode. Uh, according to football.london, uh, Sam Crystal is the, the head writer over there for West Ham. Uh, June 1st the story came about according to f- 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 Football London, Jordan Hugel is a prime candidate to wear the number 9 shirt next season what are your thoughts on this should be given a chance, championship is his level or need to buy somebody else uh, Aaron, Hugel are you uh, a fan of the uh, the bubbles
4: yeah I think it's uh, it's pretty funny that in the limited minutes that he's played for the club at this point he's pretty much become a cult figure you know what I mean we've <laughs> We've all uh, we've all laughed at the bubbles video. I, I keep track of what he's up to. He's, uh, he's a pretty lovable character. I, I can barely remember him even playing from a couple of years ago. But I, he wasn't the, the, the fleetest, the fastest player on the pitch. He kind of put himself about, but he, he looked like he was uh, he was out of his out of his league to a certain extent. So I don't really know where that story came from, and I was a little surprised to read it myself and uh oh yeah one thing i wanted to touch on i was just looking at a jetty stats on the season in the Premier league and he's played a total of 126 minutes in the entire uh, season in the (laughs) Premier league so i don't really know how we can even remotely know what a guy can do in that amount of time at the striker position so just something to think about
1: wow yeah a lot to to serve up on us there yeah i mean minute minutes minutes sharing has not been good here um (laughs) justin do you think we're gonna see hugel in a west ham shirt with number nine on the back
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was, I mean, I personally don't, it's a good question. I, I think there's a good possibility given that Moyes is the manager again and he's the one that brought him in. Um, and then on top of that, you don't really know what the club's financial situation is going to be looking like after this, um, you know, this COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm not really quite sure if we'll be in the market for a striker, um, at least a striker that has the caliber that where you would say, okay, you definitely should put that striker in ahead of Hugo. Um, he's done all right in the championship. I'm looking at some stats. He had 11, 11, goals, um, in, it looks like 26 starts and 35 appearances, if I'm not mistaken, um, decent stats, but I mean, I think he is a championship striker, but again, given the, given the factors that I just mentioned, I wouldn't really be surprised if he is, uh, I don't know if he's going to be one of number nine, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, um, if he's playing uh, playing at the one in the stadium next year.
1: Yeah. It's hard to say with Moyes being there, he was the manager who brought him in. His brother is, is Hugel's agent, which is fishy for that transfer in the first place. But with 11 goals, I mean, that puts him well ahead of, Alaire at seven snodgrass at five and noble at four this season for goal scoring so uh hey bring on the bubbles and the goals that come with it henry any uh, any thoughts on uh hugel coming in and maybe the subtext of the number nine uh the number nine jersey on his back
2: um i think hugel could very much be a big part of our team next season whether he's wearing the number nine or not i I highly doubt it because I probably think Haller should be given the number nine as he's still the big target man. And that's sort of what the number nine shirt is for. I'd imagine if he was to be given a new shirt number, it would probably be Lanzini's number 10 as he might be that second striker off him. But no, he's had a great season at QPR. I think what his role could be, and it sort of links back to our talk about Ejeti, is... Ajeti's got a chance to play himself into the squad for next season on the bench, whereas Hugel arguably could already have that role if Ajeti fails towards the end of the season. So Hugel really is coming back to a much better position for him at West Ham than when he left. Um, Because I definitely think he sort of built himself a lot more credit this season than people probably thought he was good for. And him and Ajeti are very similar players, so you're probably going to want to keep one of them. And a Yeti maybe arguably has a bit better resale value, maybe because he's younger and his pedigree from Basel, and the fact Brentford really wanted him before we signed him. So he could be, I reckon, he will be at West Ham next season. And a Yeti could leave, and he'll be taking that sort of backup striker role for Haller. But he won't be wearing the number nine shirt. That's for definite.
1: Now, the only reason I'm going to disagree with you guys is because, do we all remember who got the number nine shirt at the beginning of this season? Chicharito. Do we all remember what happened with Chicharito? They made a big deal of him getting that, that uh, fancy number nine, and what happened is he came in, scored the leveling goal against Brighton, and was immediately sold. So, um, could that be on the cards for uh, for our good friend Jordan Hugel? It could be. I think we've also talked about how important loans are going to be for championship clubs next season, and I think... Uh, I think uh, Hugel could be possibly a target there, or even a swap player if you're if a club is resigned to losing somebody. Um, even if it is Eze, or if it's, you know, we're talking about Brentford, then a Jetty may come up, and, and it could be Ollie Watkins. That's the player that's moving. So, um, I mean, they could probably have both of them. If we get Ollie Watkins back, I, I would be happy with that, to say the least. Uh, we'll, we'll move on here to our, our next question. Uh, now, this one is talking mostly about. Uh, what ifs and possibilities, and which is kind of the world we're living in right now, but um, very plain, very simple. It comes from SA underscore WHU. Would you start a fit Jack Wilshere in the first game back for West Ham? All reports are saying that Wilshere's fit and looking good in training. What do you think about Wilshere coming back in? Justin, I want to come to you first on this one. Is uh, is Wilshere in your plans for West Ham's return?
3: No.
1: <laughs> plain no. and simple. Uh-
3: no yeah no um definitely definitely hope to not see him in that in that first 11 coming out um, against wolves um uh, you know a fit jack wilshire i mean that's that's sort of an oxymoron i'll believe it when i see it so uh for me it's enough
1: uh all right aaron what about you anything uh, more to add to that
4: not really i i mean he hasn't played a game in so so long and i goes back to kind of what i mentioned earlier about trust and well jack will at different points in his career has been the best player on the pitch for extended periods of time i just don't think you can trust him after such a long layoff and every every game and every it's going to be so important that i, I wouldn't be starting him at all
1: henry
2: do you want to be the contrarian here um definitely not <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean he he's good for the sub bench Maybe. I mean, if you look at the midfield options at the moment, defensive midfield, is he getting in front of Declan Rice? No. Is he going to take the place of the workhorse engine that runs up and down all game that is Thomas Lucek? Definitely not. Could he take the creative midfield role off of Pablo Fornauz? I think after what Fornauz has done and what he's been through and what he's proved to Moyes to get himself into the side it would be incredibly harsh to drop for now. So I think Wilshire himself also needs to get some sort of match fitness before he's thrusted back into the starting 11 ahead of all these players that are far more capable and probably deserving of the spot than he is. So definitely not for me.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make it a clean sweep. If he's in the starting 11, I have completely lost all faith and trust, which I think I have more than the average West Ham fan in David Moyes. Uh, could he be a bench option? Absolutely. I think he, like you, you had said, you know, is he going to replace anyone in the starting 11? No. But off the bench, if you're looking for somebody that's maybe a bit more creative than um, Noble, for sure. If it's if you're looking for a replacement for Carlos Sanchez on the bench, yeah, take him out, put in, put in Jack Wilshere there. Um, I guess it comes down to opportunity because you don't want to be the team that wasted two years worth of money on him to only get rid of him when he's fit and then now he's able to impact the team. It's such a bad situation we put ourselves in with him in the first place, Uh, but I don't want him starting, that's for sure. Uh, Okay, guys, uh, there's been a couple links for West Ham in the the past few days here, and uh, one of them has been, uh, make sure I get his name right, Timothy Castellane. Uh, he is the Atlanta uh, right-back who is, I think, out of contract and wants to leave his club. Uh, do you guys know anything about him? Would you guys like to have him at the club? Do you think right-back's cleared up? And, and do you think maybe this whole story about Jeremy Ngakia has been blown out of proportion? I want to get all your thoughts. You know, Just let me know first if, if you've heard of this player before, and if not, what your thoughts are on uh, Ngakia since our last podcast, because some news has developed there. Henry, I'll, I'll go to you first on this one. Um, what do you think of this link? And, and uh, do you think West Ham need a new right back?
2: Um, well, I think at the moment we do need a new right back because Zabaleta is leaving, and N'Gakia currently, at the moment, to my knowledge, is still leaving in a month. And Fredericks has is prone to injuries, so I think we should be in the market for a right back as much as any other position, really, unless N'Gakia does sign a new contract and Ryan Fredericks all all of a sudden heals permanently. Um, I know a little bit about him because I know I've watched him in the Champions League and he's Kastanea? Um, cast, 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 castang. I, I don't know. Um, but he definitely looks like he's capable of getting forward. I know he's chipped him with a goal, one goal in the Champions League and a couple in the league. Um, so he's young. He's 24 years old. So he could definitely be part of a future of West Ham and make the spot his own if we went for him um, and Atlanta have been such a good team this season I mean they've put seven goals past multiple teams on multiple occasions this season and they play their, their wing backs are quite important to their system as well so if we were able to snare someone like that off of Atlanta at Atlanta then I think that would be very positive for us definitely I, I'd quite like to see us make a move for him
1: all right. I was not expecting so much insight on the actual player themselves because I have no idea who they are. Henry, uh, thank you for that. Aaron, what do you think? Do you do you want Timothy C to join the club or do you think West Ham are going to find a way out of this agakia situation?
4: I don't have much to add in terms of the actual player. I really don't have, have little knowledge of him, actually no knowledge of him, to be honest. But I, I think at that point... I'd much rather than see uh, try to get the Nagakia deal over the line. I don't, with what we've discussed with the club's finances, I don't know if I think the money could be best spent elsewhere in terms of you know like signing up a young a young right back and then trying to you know get another another striker in if we're not not believing in a Jetty he's going to get the job done or to you know bring in another center back or something like that. I, I'd much rather see the club go in that direction than I would uh, be and uh, going for him.
1: All right. Fair, fair there. Justin, what about you?
3: Yeah, I don't don't know too much about the player. Um, I do know that while Atalanta scored goals for fun, I know they also gave up a lot of goals for fun too. Very high scoring, (laughs) entertaining team. But again, I've never seen the guy guy play, um, so I can't quite judge him. But just speaking to the overall right-back position, it's a position that West Ham has struggled with um, for a long time, finding someone that can consistently perform in that role. Um, Fredericks has has performed all right, but again, injuries have cost them consistent performances. And then, of course, the Ngakia situation, we'll see what happens there. Um, I hope they can figure out something with Ngakia, but if they don't, there's one right-back that I've been – watching a couple times since the bundesliga returned his name is kevin imbabu um he is a a swiss right back playing for wolfsburg i think he's played very very well um in the bundesliga which is a very tough league to play in um i don't know too much about him in terms of like his contract situation and how much he's making and how long he has left on his contract but it's someone that i instantly saw in a west ham shirt um, so just throwing that out there, if anyone knows about Kevin Mbabu, um, I just let me know on social or something. But uh, plays really well.
1: As far as I can add in, first of all, if you play FIFA, you probably know Mbabu pretty well. He's had a few upgrades this season. He's 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 been uh, lights out all season on that Ultimate Team, anyway. So uh, Mbabu, 25 year old Swiss, as you said, Justin, and uh, he is under contract until 2023. Um, however, his market value is only seven point one five million dollars so around five million pounds is according to transfer market which usually you can double that uh so in the case of him I would probably say even more than that um but uh I, I mean he's an absolute dynamite player from what I've seen as well I've watched a lot of Wolfsburg and uh and he's been his dribbling skills getting forward in the final third are incredible uh and it's not at the you know, it's not the sacrifice of his defensive game. So a great player you've, you've hammered out there. I'm, I, for one, think Fredericks and, and Ben Johnson would be fine to go to, uh, but I don't think you'd be listing one as a starter in that position. I think it would be basically if you didn't have a man of the match performance, the next guy's coming in. If he doesn't, you're going in, battle it out, try and see if you can muster together some some uh, strong performances that, that win you that position. But for, for Fredericks' sake you can't start him every game in a row anymore. So I don't know. I would, I would, I would be okay with, with Johnson and Fredericks as the two, but preferably of course, I would rather have Ngakya in the team there. Uh, Well, everyone that should do it for us here at the green street hammers. This was episode 65. Uh, We have episode 66 next week. And after that, we are going to be uh, previewing the West Ham versus wolves match. It seems like such a pipe dream from where we were a few weeks ago. Um, It'll be the longest two weeks, uh, in a long time for me, because time hasn't really had any value in the past two months and current quarantine and lockdown situation. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you guys again. And until next week, come on New Iron. Sir.
2: For West Ham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best West Ham videos and podcasts, download the free C-O-Y Irons app now
3: from the App Store and Google Play.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then